the sign says we're live. Oh, no intro music tonight. Uh-oh. No. no. Nice did, and simple. Did we get sued again? No. <laughs> no, um, they're getting a lot better about some of that stuff, and um, we'll get into that later on in the episode. And we're going to make everybody wait to find out what we mean by we're taking a new road or no driving gloves exit. Might be the interstate, might be a two-lane highway, might be a two-track. Yeah, unfortunately, it's exit 237. What the heck happens on 237? It couldn't be cool exit 69. It can't be exit, you know, we should have done this three episodes ago at exit 234. But no, there we go. Two, three, seven to to make this announcement and change. Well, but if you add those numbers up, it becomes 12. And then if you divide by two, that's six. And oh, sorry. And we're technically five and a half years into this thing. So there you go. I I don't know what the hell we're talking about. (laughs) So, how, how have you been, Derek? We just said that it's been what? Early November, since um, maybe the second week in November, since uh, you were on a podcast, I did. Yeah, I sat down with Will a couple of weeks ago. If you haven't seen that, you know, Will, Will, you know, Will was broadcasting from his office. He could barely move with the number of trophies that were piled around him, and you know, wonder how you know how he gets anything done. He's you know got trophy after trophy after trophy. You think he's the New York Yankees or something? Uh, Well, and and his his head's like cocked to the right constantly now isn't it that just weighs so much you know eh, kind of yeah. but you know, you know it's probably why he grows that beard that you know yeah. goes down to his waist now that uh it just you know it helps keep that head level but yeah exactly it was great chatting with will and then i interviewed an old co- old, co- old co-worker and we tried to keep it away from too much bad mouth and barbers or cheery cheery barber we just tried to keep the barber stuff out of it uh, Mitch Cobb and his his new racing business, um, building race cars and stuff. And he might be able to get that BMW done. I don't know if he got into the race that he was talking about on the show. I ought to follow up with him. If you're out there, Mitch, let me know. Yeah. But have you been doing anything exciting, Derek? Or has it been uh, just work and stuff in your face full of turkey? Yeah, yeah, a little bit of both. Work, um, traveling for the holiday, obviously, one of the big reasons I wasn't uh, able to be on the show. Uh, but yeah, diving into some cool stuff at work as well. Uh, got, obviously, exhibit changes coming up at the beginning of the year, uh, which is always important. Keep the exhibits fresh and ever-changing at the museum so people come in and see all the weird and quirky things that the lane motor museum has to offer did Uh, i see a picture of the gyro car out and about or (laughs) you did john you (laughs) did um we had a special event going on at the museum a few weeks ago and uh we got it out and um you know a few days early tested it, made sure it was running right, uh, make sure the gyro was working. Of course, my first time uh, being around Gyro X actually running and driving and uh, was actually giving given the uh, opportunity and uh, honor, I guess I'll say, of being able to be one of the people to drive Gyro X. Um, all I'm going to say is it's a very interesting experience. 
Um, <laughs> driving a gyroscopically balanced two-wheeled automobile um, is unlike anything you will ever do in your life, probably. Um, so it's it's there's a big learning curve, uh, in my opinion, and uh, I can't wait until the next time I drive it, um, so I can hopefully get even better at driving it. Um, with a little more time behind the wheel. So yeah, we did get gyro X out. And then of course, I, I think we've mentioned it on the show before, if not my bad, uh, a few months ago, the lane motor museum, and this has been in the, a lot of news sources. Hemmings wrote an article. I think Haggerty had an article, uh, but we were able to acquire the car known as survival, uh, 1958 safety car. Uh, that yeah, was built I dug yep. up a I dug up a picture of Gyro Oh, there's Gyro X. All right. Yeah. So actually this um you know very famously of course this car is tied to the um, famed industrial designer Alex Tremulus. Uh he did all the design work on the body on this car and uh and then the Summers gyroscope uh, company summers gyroscopes uh, did a lot of the gyroscopic work and uh, the planning of the chassis and things like that so it was combined effort between summers and tremulous to get that car kind of driving back in the day um, there was a lot of stuff that had to happen to make it what it is today but uh, back to survival uh, so we acquired that car i think correct me if i'm wrong john i think we mentioned it on the show if not again my bad i do not believe so okay so well big news survival survival s-i-r space v-i-v-a-l much like a knight survival uh, anybody that names their kid vival though probably i don't know and uh but we are kind of taken the last few months to really get familiarized with the car. Um, a huge archive of information came in with it. And I've been reading through a lot of that, doing a lot of studying, tracking down family members of the gentleman who built the car, interviewing them. And we are now in earnest launching into the um, restoration slash preservation work on the car uh, actually starting this week. Uh, we actually did some work on it the last couple of days at the museum to get it to a point where we can move it from our warehouse area up to our shop area. So myself and one of our uh, restoration uh, techs, a gentleman named Michael Hubie, who actually restored Gyro X, can get into the in-depth work on getting it running and driving in, stabilizing the car. Um, it's in a lot of its original finishes. It's a little worse for wear, but because of the way the car was built and kind of as a concept, they're not always built the best. Um, you know, it was never intended to last forever, but we want to preserve a, a lot of those original surfaces. So we got a lot of work to do. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of pumped to start working on it. It's, it's got a great history and a unique history and a story to tell. So I've got this, uh, graphic up um, for the viewers out there that are you know, air intake, directional lights, 
air-filled bumpers, air-filled rubber bumpers. It's going to be tough to find the original air to put back in those, isn't it? Well, here's the cool thing. His plan was for them to be air-filled rubber bumpers. On the concept car, they are merely rubber tubes that run around the bumpers. <laughs> so no air in them right uh, in the planned uh, or in the, the original concept car. So we got lucky there. Uh, but there's there's a lot of interesting things that we've found. Um, you know, the car changed over time. And, uh, you know, the way it is in that picture is not the way it is today. He made modifications to it over the years. He had it out and about driving it and showing it off at various shows. There it is. That is essentially what it looks like today. Uh, it still looks that way sitting in our warehouse at the, uh, the museum. And as I said, we're starting to dive into it and, you know, figure all the details out. We're going to be cleaning up the, the paint surfaces, stabilizing them. It basically will look very similar to what you see in this photo. Sorry for those that are listening to us on the audio and not watching the video. But if you're listening to the audio when you're done, even go to the Lane Motor Museum, go on to our collections tab and look up survival. You'll find pictures of it there as well. But it's going to look basically as you see it in the photos um, of it today, just cleaner. Uh, and the paint brought up a little bit, stabilized, and fingers crossed, running and driving again. Uh, Jason's asking, um, since we've both had lucrative careers in automo automobiles, and that lucrative does not translate back to financial. Yeah, different lucrative. <laughs> yes. uh, what is the most notable vehicle experience slash driving experience we've had? I think that probably goes back to talking about you driving the two-wheel gyro car. <laughs> that, that, that had to be I, a, a, a unique feeling. It is, but I, I've been so fortunate in my career um, to drive some of the cars I've driven. Um, man, that's that's a hard one. Um, I mean, by far and away, you've driven a ton more cooler, interesting cars than me, and... I've, I used to say, um, you know, when I was asked, why did I get into restoration? Because I, I wanted to be an attorney for the longest time. Uh, that explains I, a lot. I, I could be a, I could be a lawyer and maybe buy and drive one or two of these cars, or I could restore them and drive them all. And that's kind of what happened. I mean, I wanted to drive all kinds of Lotus and, Jeez, I've driven everything from now the, the Lotus Mark IV, which is about the oldest Lotus in existence. There is a Mark II and a couple of Mark Threes, and I believe the museum did acquire a Mark III right as I was leaving. Um, but, you know, the Lo a Lotus 11, I've been able to, quote, drive a, a, a Lotus 95 Formula One car. I mean, I got to do all that kind of stuff. That, yeah, that's that stuff I always wanted to do personally, but that's probably not what I would classify some of the coolest stuff I've ever done. And it's kind of like you, Derek is, I mean, I know some of the stuff you've driven and <laughs> experienced and you've driven stuff that, I mean, I've driven stuff. They've only built 20 car, 20 cars or so you've driven stuff that maybe only 20 people have driven. 
Yeah. Yes. Basically. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't even know where to start. Um, yeah. you know, I mean the opportunity to drive old 16 is for the, the few, the few who have had that opportunity is extremely significant. Um, and then for anybody that doesn't know, Old 16. Uh, it's a 1906 locomobile race car, uh, participated in the Vanderbilt Cup races. It did not win in 1906 due to multiple tire failures. Uh, they went back and, and figured out how to deal with that appropriately. And in 1908, the car was the first American car to ever win the Vanderbilt Cup races. And uh, extreme extremely significant turning point in American, uh, automobile history, uh, and automotive auto, American automobile racing history. Well, um, let's just do a quick little question for you. Yeah. What are the driving differences between the Benz po- pa- uh, Patton motor wagon, the Bugatti Royale and your wife's Arcadia? <laughs> <laughs> There, Jason, that tells you Derek's <laughs> depth or breadth of driving. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. The Benz Patton Motorwagen, fortunately, is a replica, so it's not terribly scary to drive it. Um, unless, you know, unless a, a Model T Speedster is on the wrong side of the road at Old Car Festival and almost hits you. That was a little freaky, especially when it was my mom riding with me. Um, uh, the, the Bugatti Royale, by far a fairly easy car to drive, um, fairly, you know, standard setup at that point. Uh, but the value of those cars makes it s- extremely scary to drive, in my opinion. You, you don't want to be the one to damage it, right? You don't want to be the one to mess up. And uh, it is a little weird because there's just over seven feet between the front axle of the car. Actually, I think it's pretty close to eight feet and where the steering wheel is in the driving compartment because of how long that engine is in the Bugatti Royale. And, um, so when you're driving it, the weird thing about the Bugatti Royales is you have to pre-plan your turns. You have to be thinking about, 10 feet ahead of where you're sitting. So you don't curb the car and, you know, pop it up on a sidewalk and, and look stupid driving it. So, um, yeah, kind of a, a weird experience there. And, uh, well, you know, uh, GMC Acadia, man, eh, it's, it's a modern, modern car. Yeah. <laughs> that just, you know, let's just pick three cars out of your past, you know, <laughs> Um, you know, everything I've driven is kind of typical. I mean, the craziest thing I've probably most abnormal is, you know, a Model T because of the the shifting and, you know, throttle and spark. I mean, that's as exciting as, you know, I get. Um, you know, then, then on the flip side, uh, and, and we actually, I have a picture of this where we have the uh, Model T from Barber's sitting next to the Porsche 918 and I've driven both. <laughs> and again, there's a little bit of difference between them. So yeah, I, I really don't know. It's one of the, I would really have to think about it. To... Well, and you know, I, I, I think back and 
you know, I also had a draw, uh, you know, you talk about the uh, Benz Patton Motorwagen, which, you know, heralded as the first successful automobile because it was patented and, you know, specifically built around the internal combustion engine. It wasn't a carriage that had an engine added to it yet. Hence the reason it got a patent. Um, but, you know, I was also very fortunately given the opportunity by the surf family to drive their replica of the Cugno steam engine. And, uh, so what is recognized as really the first self-propelled vehicle I've had an opportunity to drive all the way up to the most modern cars of the day. Um, you know, but unfortunately I did not get a chance to drive the new C8 Z06. I got a ride in one. Uh, but you know, all the way up, you know, thinking about going from driving the Cugno all the way up to, you know, kind of driving one of the pre-production C8 Corvettes around the track at the NCM. Um, it, it's been, it's been kind of a fun career so far. Yeah, Jason's right. I kind of use the Mario Andretti story as probably one of my best car stories, you know, being on a racetrack with Mario Andretti driving in a Lotus giving Mario Andretti driving instructions because he had never driven the barber track before the lap with me and he almost spun it. So I always say I was privileged enough in my life in a matter of 10 minutes to ride, ride with Mario Andretti on a racetrack in a Lotus, almost crash with him and give him driving instructions. I think there's very few people who can say they've done all five of those things. So for experiences that ranks right up there. The other one I would throw out is in 99, I crashed a model T into a model a, um, that were both Epic. just about finished. Well, the model a was being delivered the next afternoon to the customer. So that made for a very long night, <laughs> but so, and I felt at the time I was probably one of the few people alive that had still done actually done that so now i probably am one of the very few people alive that have actually done that actually crashed a model t into a model a yep nice yeah ah you need some model t driving lessons so i bought a new toy Derek, and amazingly six months into the podcast i bought my first one of these and i played with it for a while and now, and my problem, and I quit playing with it because it was too small. You know, bigger is better. Size matters. Um, recently, I bought another 3D printer that I can print 18 by 18 by 18 inches. Um, and I just love these things and the, the world they open up to the automobile. Sorry, John, I had to step away for a minute. I'm sure you're talking about your new 3D printer, right? Yes. All right. Did you do that intentionally, Colin? Which is running a World War I tank into an Astro van. (laughs) I... Yeah, I can see where the insurance company would have a challenge. There'd be a lot of questions, you know? 
Yeah. You know, I've got all kinds of ideas of things that I can print for my car, a couple of little modifications to the little desk, which you can order on our website. And I've got this little mobile desk with these cup holders and things, and I want to modify one of the cup holders. Go to nodrivinggloves.com. It's on our Christmas shopping list. Nice. But, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Because I, I was just going to talk about, you know, we have a 3D printer at the Lane Motor Museum in the restoration shop. And, uh, you know, I've had some experience with 3D printing, printing uh, back at. Printering? Uh, yeah, printering, whatever it's called. Uh, 3D printing, uh, even back at, when I was in conservation at the Henry Ford. I had uh, Ford Motor Company was willing to print up some, you know, 3D print some parts for us uh, for, well, we did for one vehicle and we did a part for an old uh, cast iron stove and, uh, you know, one that wasn't going to be used, obviously it was for display purposes. And uh, so that was kind of my first experience with 3D printing. And uh, now that we, you know, have one, they've had one for a while at the restoration shop here at the lane. And, uh, actually just today, Michael in our restoration shop was one of the, the gears that is used in the steering system of survival is missing. So he was taking measurements and printing up some gear templates to try out before we actually go either, you know, look for a, you know, gear that we can buy off the shelf, or if we need to have a gear actually machined to be able to get survival to steer again. So they come in extremely handy. I mean, Michael has printed a number of, uh, you know, parts for some of the restorations that have been done on the cars at the lane. And, you know, there's a few more things that I've seen uh, on some of the vehicles in the collection that I'd like to replace. And, you know, one-of-a-kind vehicles that have broken parts, you're not going to find them for sale on the internet somewhere. And so, yeah, we're going to be using that 3D printer. We just actually bought a new scanner as well. So I'm excited to play around with this too. Yeah, we got my first experiences. The Barber Museum had a 3D printer and scanner for a while, like back in 09 or 10. And kind of wanted... Mr. Barber to buy it and he just never saw a need. So it kind of went away and I always push to kind of get one. And that's why I bought my initial 3d printer in 2017 is I wanted to learn the technology. I felt it was an important technology. And of course I left Barber's in 19 and I think it was in, Late 20, early 21, they decided they hired um, Brian Case from uh, Modus Motorcycles uh, after Modus closed. And they've built a whole new section and devoted a portion of the museum to all the state-of-the-art CNC 3D printing technologies. And Brian, who's a, a designer, he designed, uh, like I said, the Modus. And I want to say it's something to do with the Buell. I could be wrong there, um, but he uh, he now runs kind of that department, and now, now the Barber Museum is all about 3D printers and scanners and the latest things, and it's part of a STEM program that he runs over there, but now I just want it for fun and be able to do a few things and 
want to mention it on the podcast to see a couple of my friends who go, hey, if you had a bigger free 3D printer, we could do this and this, just to see if they actually listen to the podcast. They tell me they do, but hey, now's your chance to hit me up to see if I wanted to 3D print something for you. Nice. <laughs> so that, that's why we have this podcast is to, what do I want to say? Cryptically communicate with our friends. Agreed. Oh. Agreed. Sorry, I was just pulling up. I was going to send you some of the the uh, pictures here, John, and I didn't know if you'd be able to. You probably won't be able to pop them up. So, um, are you gonna, if you email them, I can. If you text them, it makes a, you. You're going to need to carry the conversation for two or three minutes. Two or three hours. <laughs> just minutes, but I don't. Well, if I, I can, if I can do this quickly, I will, folks. We should have planned ahead, but we didn't know the conversation was going to go here 100%. Well, that'll be part of the next topic we're going to jump into. We're going to roll right into that next topic. Roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> well, speaking of that, it rolled off the driveway. Is something to do with that World War One tank and the Astro van. You know, that's the problem with those World War One tanks. They just roll away. They just right down the driveway. You know, I've got that 62 Chrysler Newport, which if anybody wants to buy, I really need to unload. Um, I'd let it go cheap. I just, this is I'm the new classified do, section yeah. of no driving. <laughs> well, we don't have will here for the help wanted section. Uh, if anybody was interested talk to me, I would let it go really cheap. I just, I'm never going to do anything and it needs to have something done before it just disappears. Um, but the only dent in it was in the rear bumper from when it rolled down the driveway and hit the basketball hoop that used to be across the street from my grandparents' old house. And it's because it has the push-button transmission in it, which does not have a park. <laughs> so, and I guess sometimes the emergency brake wasn't fully engaged. After that, they always put a chalk under the tire when they parked it on a hill. So... But um, now I'm going to kind of, we're 26 minutes into this. Uh, dial a deal portion of No Driving Gloves is brought to you by me. I've got a deal for you. Well, we named this show uh, No Driving Gloves Takes a New Road, I think. Yeah, takes a new road. I had a look at the sign behind me, and somewhere else I have it, no driving gloves, exit 237. I have bad news and good news. Or do you have good news and bad news? Well, I'm trying to think of it. The good news is we're not going away. No driving gloves still will exist. The bad news, probably the worst part of the news, is we're taking two months off. This will be our last episode of 2022. Um, we hope everybody has had a good Thanksgiving. We'll have a good holiday season. And we're taking January off. And the reason we're doing this is... Mental health. Well, mental health might be there. Um I want to focus the show a little bit differently. Um, While well, I'm happy with the number of listeners we get in that, we actually had a lot more listeners a couple of years ago. Um, 
And I don't know if our top, after 237 episodes, 236 episodes, you kind of, the topics get a little bit harder and harder to figure out every week. Now, I still got a list of topics. But what we want to do is explore these topics deeper. And like Derek is saying here, uh, he, um, if we would have prepared for this show a little bit better in that. And that's part of what this idea does. So we're going away for December and January. Beginning of February, we will be back. I'm not exactly sure the release date, but we will be back at the beginning of uh, January. Well, damn, Jason's figured out part of it. But <laughs> yes, we're going on the new Apple subscription program, and it, it it's at $49.95 a month, $79.95 a month, Jason. No, not not quite, but you there's part of that. Um, and we're going to focus on an audio podcast. I like audio podcasts. That's why I got into podcasting. I really don't like the streaming and the video and all the extra work it creates. And I don't, I don't do it the best. Um, we've got a good platform. We love having the feedback and the um, interaction between us and many of our listeners. I mean, we've had, you know, and really double, double digit listeners this evening, but right now, um, we're, we're not going to, the video will still be available to you and I'll tell you how, but we're going to go to this break. Then when we come back, no driving gloves will be back for two weeks. And then we will be gone, or excuse me, for two months, and then we'll be gone for a month. Basically, we're going to take four weeks off and be on for eight weeks. And then we're going to take four weeks off and be on for eight weeks. Uh, kind of a seasonal thing. That's uh, how you can say it. And what we're going to do with those eight-week sessions is they're going to be pre-recorded uh, during our off time and edited and produced in a very professional manner kind of like a lot of the early shows were done. We're going to make the audio quality paramount. We're going to make sure the information quality is excellent and have very well-researched, very prepared for shows with any social media, any links, any show notes, everything there for you instead of promising things and such. Jason's asking why not every other week off? Because what this allows us to do, and we're going to take December and research topics for the February-March season, and we're going to take the last part of December, early part of January, and record all of the shows. And then I will edit and get them all produced, and they will come out in February and March. And then February... Behind the scenes, we will pick out our next topics and begin to research that. We will edit those or we'll record those in March, and I will edit and do all of the social media, all of the background stuff, everything that needs to accompany the shows in April, and they will release in May and June. And that will be the way the show is going to be produced going forward. So you will get eight audio episodes in February and March. And like I said, it's going to be four weeks on, four weeks off, eight, week, eight weeks on, four weeks off, eight weeks on, four weeks off. So this is, you know, that's rough approximations on time. 
we are still going to record exactly as we do now. Video, we actually use the StreamYard service uh, for this right now. I've looked at going to a couple other platforms recently, played with them, and StreamYard's treated us the best. We've been using StreamYard for over two years, two and a half years now, yeah. and it's the best performing platform, and they just did some major upgrades that are even going to improve the show more. What, um, in order though to see the video, that's where Jason's forty nine ninety five a month joke is. I've restructured our Patreon page, and right now, between now and January first, if you join the Patreon for seven dollars and fifty cents a month. You're going to get five no driving glove stickers, a magnet, a keychain, and you will get links to the video feeds when we record. There will not be a regular recording schedule. If we decide on Friday night to get up Saturday morning at 7 a.m. and record until 1030, you'll get an email saying, hey, here's the link. And this is when we're recording. We really want people to be there to watch the recording and provide input because we might say something wrong or we might not think of something or, you know, you might have a question. And this, you know, allows you. So you're paying a little bit. We're trying to give you your money back um, and you're able to be there with us. And I'm looking at a couple of things where we might even I can queue up up to, I think, 10, it might be 15 people in the audience. We might even put you into that section, not invite you up on, not necessarily have you on screen, but if you comment something interesting, we might pop you up and then you become part of the show. Uh, we're trying to give you a lot more value in asking you for $7.50 a month. However, if you, and we'd like you to stay subscribed. After January 1st, this package is going to go up to, and I haven't decided, either $15 or $20 a month. So it pays to get on early and, you know, stick, you know, stick with us. Um, get, you know, get down on now at the $750. I will never repeat that price again. If we do a Black Friday or something, it will never be that low again. Um, if we don't live up to you, up to it, we'll refund you. Um, but you're, you're going to be invited to all the recording sessions, uh, that we do for these seasonal shows. And we've got some ideas on, um, museum management and some of the behind the scene things at museums. We've got an I idea on how to properly act and how uh, a perfect traffic stop will go when talking to a couple of companies that want to assist you in that and bringing some police officers on. But these are things that are going to take more than an hour to talk about. That The, the police show would be like four episodes long where we'll have a cop on one episode, we'll have one of these companies on, another company, and then an, maybe another cop. So we're really going to try to produce and really give you a lot of value. Um in this, I'm trying to, I took like an idiot. I closed my window with my topic list for these longer shows. And they're shows that we couldn't do, um, like doing an in-depth dive into manufacturers or an in-depth dive in with some designers and possibly their feeling of the future of the car 
or young upcomers, you know, people right now that are in their early 20s that are beginning to make waves, you know, who's the next Will Posey, we'll say, or who's the next Chip Foose, or um, um, I'm all of a sudden every designer's name slipped out of my mind. Hell, who, who's the next um, um, Bob Eaton? I mean, um, so I've got some ideas. I, I've been working on this for a little bit. Um, I know it's rough. Um, Jason saying you, you, I, I love you, Jason, because your, your comments are like two minutes ahead of where the story is going. He says, you will recognize that you must keep people's attention in today's society going for four weeks will cost some folks some attention. Yeah. That some, we, we might lose a few people, but What's I'll be honest, audio podcast statistics say they won't unsubscribe from the show. They just, you know, they might go, well, I didn't get a show this week. And then they might email us and we go, oh, no, we're on our, our break. Just hang in there. Um, or that, you know, they have so many podcasts that they don't realize it. And then all of a sudden we're back in their feed. Um, even I, I do that. Sometimes I go. And I, I realize I missed a show. You know, where did that show go last week? And I don't worry about it for a week or two, but, you know, yes, we'll lose a little bit that way. But we're also going to look at doing some pop-up episodes. Uh, if something comes up, like potentially the news article that Derek and I have not read or researched about Corvette becoming its own brand in 2026 and having an SUV and a uh, sedan, that might be an episode that's worth there's a topic worth popping on and maybe doing a 15 or 20 minute show and doing a quick audio, you know, a show and getting it out to the audio people and keeping you interested. You never know. We probably won't be gone all four weeks. There will be something that comes up that we want to talk about or discuss. I know Derek's got a couple of ideas for short little pop-up shows that we've been talking about. Um, I've got a couple ideas for some short little pop-up shows. So they might be things that Derek just can record on his own and then ship them to me and things I can record on my own. Or if we get the inter uh, opportunity for a cool interview or something, that's not necessarily going to fit in what's planned for a season. But we want to talk to Adam Carolla about his next upcoming movie or Nate Adams, who is actually – you know, Adam Carolla's partner and helps produce those movies. If he's got something new coming out and he's got a couple, I know in the works, we'll, we'll bring those out. So, and they, you know, they might come up in the off month. They might come up in between the, in the eight week episodes. So I think we're going to get you more content. You're definitely going to see more um, social media content. I'm going to really try. And I've been working on um, little, just what everybody does, you know, your little 20 second TikTok videos or reels. I've got some ideas behind that. We just don't want to introduce this stuff until 2023. And we've got the whole game plan in place, but we've got to take a little bit of time um, to step back, get everything done Um you know, I, I'm sorry we've got to go away for so long and we'll probably lose a few more listeners, but um, I'm trying to read what Jason's comment is here. 
there your idea has gone through my mind, Jason. You know, there's also a possibility that if we can get this thing down after taking these two months off, we might not have to take that month off in you know, April, maybe we can just do it for a week or something. It all depends on how quickly we can get things researched and how quickly we get uh, the shows produced. But I've got to step back so that we can research our first topic arc and get everything in place so that when we hit and start releasing in February we're back to the quality I want of no driving gloves. Uh, I don't know if I assume you've probably listened to all the shows, Jason, and I'm, I know I'm talking to Jason here, but we've talked to a lot. You know, we've, I know we've got a lot of listeners out there. Uh, we are just looking at, um, um, Man. I'm, I'm going to cut in because Jason yeah. just keeps hitting on things left and right. And it, I'll give you a chance to read his last comment here, John, while I talk about it. Um, but it, it's for those that are uh, not, you know, not watching the video and, and not reading comments that are popping up, but those listening on the audio end uh, after this, you know, comes out on the, the podcast schedule. Uh, but Jason says, you know, I have to add something very important. You must promote yourselves. I never knew Derek worked at NCM, of course, my previous place of employment. And I had been listening to you guys for a long time. That's one of my favorite stories to tell was the the day I met Jason at the NCM. And he all of a sudden connected my voice to the podcast. And he was like, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> uh, likewise, John has a great resume. Never knew about it, as does Will. You guys have fantastic resumes and should put them them in your that in your profile, and uh, that's uh, funny enough. That's one of the things that Will, myself, and John talk about quite frequently behind the scenes. Whether it's just me and Will talking, or me and John, or I'm sure John and Will talking occasionally. Um, none of us are big self promoters. Uh, we don't necessarily like talking about what we do, what we've done. Um, and you know, I mean, even uh, look at will, you know, I mean, all the accolades he's received lately, um, you know, he doesn't really go out there and talk about them. He he's there to build the cars and, you know, do the work for his customers, you know, myself, same thing, you know, being in the museum world for me, it's, it's, I'm not in it for the accolades for any of the, the, you know, personal awards, anything like that, you know, especially being in the museum world, as John can tell you, your, your focus, if you're a collections person is on, on the artifacts, it's on the stories. And, you know, so, I mean, I think, you know, we briefly mentioned things on the podcast, you know, um, about some of the awards will won. Yeah, I think we talked about the, you know, sports car marketplace 40 under 40 thing that, you know, award that I was, I was given, um, you know, I've, you know, I've won awards from museum professional organizations. I, I just don't go out and talk about them. Uh, and, and Jason, you're probably right. Uh, it's just something that I think Will and John and I share is um, being, being the type of people that don't necessarily 
self-promote. And it, it may be one of our downfalls, honestly. John? Well, there's a couple of things with everything Derek said is very valid. Um, I think I, I do a little bit more self-promotion than either of the people because, frankly, I'm narcissistic and I like <laughs> to talk about myself. But when it comes to the one of the reasons you didn't know Derek worked at the National Corvette Museum for the longest time, uh, you didn't know I worked at the Barber Museum for the longest time, is because Will's always been a little bit different because Will's always been self-employed. When you work for places like this, you always, and that's something Derek and I have talked about in the background, you always filter everything you say because whatever you say is a reflection back on that institution. And there are some businesses that have a problem with people podcasting and they don't want people podcasting. Um, we say things on this show that may or may not reflect what our employers thought. Um, we were very careful when Derek was at National Corvette Museum not to talk bad about GM, not to talk bad about the Corvette, not to criticize some of that stuff. If you listen to some of the shows while Derek was at National Corvette Museum and he had to take the night off and it's Will and I talking, we get, maybe got a little bit more, we pushed a little bit more that way, but we always had to take respect that even though NCM is a private institution, GM's still going to pull a few strings. Um, it doesn't mean we countered our opinions in that. We just might have presented them in a little bit softer fashion than we wanted to. We just have to be had to be conf, careful of who we dealt and worked for. I don't mention a lot of what I do right now. Um, it's not in the automotive industry, so it's not very relevant. But some of the stuff I do now... You know, I talk about me driving a lot for my job, but I don't tell you what I do uh, because one, it's not relevant. Number two, the company I work for probably would disagree with some of the opinions I have. And I state publicly on this show, even though, again, it's not the automotive realm. So I, we, ha you have to tread a little bit lightly. When I was self-employed, I was a little bit more bold. And you're going to find I'm going to get probably a little bit more bold as we go forward because this podcast stuff is what I want to be my business. Um, you know, Derek at the lane, Jeff is a little bit more understanding. Jeff's appeared on this podcast years before Derek was at the lane. And I think, ironically, Derek wasn't even in on that interview. I wasn't. Uh, yeah, he, he he was, you know, he was somewhere else. I believe that was Sean Yoder and I. Uh, and so we have to be careful. That's why you didn't know Derek worked at the National Corvette Museum. That's why you didn't know John worked at the Barber uh, Vintage Motorsports Museum for a while. Uh, actually, you don't know some of the automotive stuff that I've done, even uh, the appraisal companies I've done in that, because you can't talk about that stuff. Um Part of the new thing is the website is going to be done up a little bit better. And we are going to have a little bit more extensive bios that are going to be a little bit more like a resume. Um, I've tried to create what's on there now. This time, 
Derek's will be his first time Derek's hearing, but Derek's going to be asked to create what he wants out publicly about him and his background. And that's going to be put into the website. We probably will treat this comeback as a new show. You might see the release. The release of this show might be season two, episode one, because it's going to, my plan is it's going to be so radically different than what exists now. And we might do a little bit of the intro shows. Um, If you go back to the pre-episodes, Derek and I and Will all um, did a little bit of a bio, but still, again, being careful. I can't remember if Derek was at NCM when we started or if he was at his previous job. I, John, I can tell you definitively that I was at the NCM. And you don't want, do you want to know how I know that and how I can remember that? Do you remember the phone call that you, Will, and I had to discuss the podcast after you decided that Will and I would be your co-hosts? Derek, I barely remember what I could have for breakfast today. (laughs) So anyway, it was the first time I'd ever talked to Will. Was you got the three of us on a phone call. And I literally was sitting on the edge of the driveway here in at the house in in Kentucky with the moving truck still parked in the driveway, unloading it because we had just moved into the house because I had taken the job at NCM. Literally this podcast started the, the same month basically that I started at the NCM. So I do remember congratulating you and seeing that you went there and, be honest that might have been one of the reasons i chose you for the podcast and that's a good tie because you know a lot of times when i talked about the podcast i would mention you know you know people knew me and talk about will being you know you know hot rod builder i almost said street rod and boy will gets pissed when i say that um and give a little bit of background but you always said Derek was um 10 minutes lasted six minutes, Jason. Um, Derek, you know, I always say, I would always say the curator at the National Corvette Museum. That always does, you're right, Jason, adds a lot of credibility to the um, podcast. But I know a lot of people that have jobs, and Derek and I have talked about a couple of people recently that have jobs in the museum industry that probably don't deserve them. And they've got really cool titles. And we know that sometimes those titles don't mean a hill of beans in the real world. And we want our, you learned who we were through the podcast and um, learned that we actually weren't BSing you without doing that criteria. And I think that's, I want you to like who I am because of who I am and not because of what I do. So, hey, John, our 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 favorite uh, resto mod street rod builder is uh, listening tonight. Oh, (laughs) well, he hasn't been approached about this new idea. Um, Yeah, clearly he's learning about this tonight, too. So, well, Will's not what 
while Will's part of the family, he, you know, he's, he's moved out of the, he's moved out of the house and, <laughs> but we're, yes, Will, we need to talk to you about this. I, um, it might be a way we can get you back on the show a little bit. Uh, be honest, Will's insights. That's the reason I picked, this is a little background. Um, I know this is way inside baseball. There's a reason I picked the co-hosts I have um, because of, you know, Derek's a brass era guy. Will's a hot, hot rod builder. Um, I'm, I like European sports cars and Japanese cars. And I kind of have a lot of automotive knowledge. Again, Derek was at the national Corvette museum, but that's not his passion. His passion, you know, is brass era. Uh, so why he, has knowledge on the Corvette, I would bet he knows a hundred times more brass era, you know, whatever you want to call those information blocks than he does, does Corvette stuff, especially the first day at the Corvette museum. So we build, we just try to hopefully tell you who we are through each and every podcast. Um, and, that's like I said, that's one reason we're changing and getting back to to me what podcasting is. The video will still be there, but it will be behind a paywall. Um, there might be different tiers, you know, the you, you might be able to view the video through a Patreon type subscription, but not get the live feed for a little bit less money if you really like watching the video. But Will the green screens be here? Will, you know, my hair be done or whatever? You know, I don't know. Will I podcast naked? Eh, you wait wait to see. I don't think Derek would like that. But It's it's like the newscast. I mean, you don't no. know what I'm wearing below the waist. I mean, I got a shirt on. That's all that matters. You know, we, we had that Courtney Hansen chick on here one night. And nobody knows what I was wearing. <laughs> Sorry, Courtney, <laughs> but I hope you, you know, that's kind of what, where we're going. We're telling everybody we're stepping back for two months. I will try to keep something on uh, the audio feed. I pro will try to pop up on Facebook. Maybe we can get Derek to actually do a Facebook live now and then. Um, you know, Derek's not big into that social media stuff and that, and, and it's tough to get into. Um, I've been doing a lot of research into this and uh, learned a lot from Tony Watley, really paying attention to what he's saying. Um, so this isn't just a half-baked idea that I came up with the other night after a non-alcoholic Budweiser and, uh, you know, some cheese whiz. Um, this is something I've really been thinking about for a long time, how this show has to change to get to what I've wanted to be. Um, and unfortunately for Derek and will, I, <laughs> what I want, I get it's We're, we're just along for the ride. Myself. Just yeah. be honest. We're along for the ride. Here. But, you, you know, know that's... we do talk to, you know, we do talk, you know, Derek and I did talk some of this out and um, we both were in agreement. This is probably what we need. And, my life's changed a little bit since 
in June of 2017. Um, Derek's life's changed tremendously since June of 2017. So let's see. If Derek made me curator, does that score me some points? Nah, I just sling titles around. That's all I do. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jason, I I don't know. I don't know if uh, No Driving Gloves After Dark would... You know... Maybe Jason. I already, I, I already have like five topics for no driving gloves after dark that we could cover, John. I mean, I I've got them. We just gotta, we just gotta figure it out. Well, let us get this uh, new show rolling. Maybe the no driving gloves after dark. NDGAD will uh, be mm-hmm. some of those fill-in shows. And maybe they will only be available to the premium subscribers. Oh, yeah. And I know a lot of our listeners, and we thank you so much um, for donating through Buy Me a Coffee. Um, You can still buy us coffees. Um, I'm not doing the paid tier to try to generate money. Um, I kind of would almost give it away and still do but I have to put the video behind some sort of wall because we're not going to focus on making sure the schedule's regular or anything. Um, and I just have, you know, I have to put something there. Um, it's just, a, you know, a way I, I don't want this on a regular YouTube or anything, because if it's, if it's not done professionally there, it takes away from what my overall goal is. And I, like I said, I've just been very disappointed on the way the podcast has been coming out. I don't edit video very well. And so I've, it's cost me in editing the audio because if it's out on video, why the heck does the audio need to be better? Well, the audio needs to be clean because basically I said to heck with the audio audience and we had a tremendous audio audience a couple of years ago and um, I want them back. So um, I hope it's good with everybody. Um, If you want, you can email me at um, no driving gloves at gmail.com producer at um, no driving gloves.com. See already the emails are changing. Uh, Derek will also pro- uh, have a Derek at nodrivinggloves.com at some point. Another email to not pay attention to. Exactly. <laughs> no, actually, they'll probably come to me. And But, um, but yeah, producer at nodrivinggloves.com. Be sure to check out the website, nodrivinggloves.com. Um, what I was saying is thank you, everybody, for the, the money that you have been giving us. Um, it's... Um, it's nice to see that some of you feel we're giving you a a value where you give us a little bit back on that. Um, you know, it's not necessary to give anything that's much appreciated. Um, you know, I can't say if we'll do advertisers or anything and I'm not giving you the threat, give us money or you get ads or, 
technically Derek and I do this for fun. It takes a little bit of stress off our week. We look forward to doing the shows. Um, it's just life is a lot busier and a lot different than it was. Um, mm-hmm. Technically, right. I man, I manage three podcasts now. Um, d- does anybody know that? <laughs> so I have a small business Birmingham podcast about small businesses in Birmingham. Uh, I um, produce a cigar podcast. So even even my podcasting duties are more. Um, and I do some po- podcast consulting. So, you know, that even adds to the difference of having a 40-hour-a-week job to now I have a 40-hour-a-week job, a 10-hour-a-week job, and a 10-hour-a-week job. So, again... Thank you, everybody, uh, for being on or listening tonight, uh, being fans. I hope nobody will delete us out of your feed. If you are not a subscriber to the audio podcast, please go to nodrivinggloves.com and subscribe there. Listen to a couple of the back episodes. We just really need, you know, we really want you to um, stay with us and I'm really confident that this new plan will work. Um, I'm going to quit babbling. I've talked to you for 20 minutes now. Derek, is there anything else you want to say to the audience or otherwise? That's it for 2022. Yeah. I mean, I think I just want to echo what you said, John, which is, you know, we did this episode tonight, kind of a heart to heart and uh, let everybody know what we're up to. And the goal of this is to make this podcast even better than it has been. Well, like John, the first thing that went through my head when John said, you know, we might even call the next, this new, new start season two, as in the last five years or so have been season one. Uh, You know, think of it as this has been the model T and now we're going to the model A. We're reinventing it. We're bringing out something new and modern and it's going to be even better than it has been. And like John said, stick with us and, uh, you know, hopefully you'll get as much enjoyment and entertainment and education out of the new version of no driving gloves as you have for the past five and a half or so years. Thank you, everybody. Ha- uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Not going to be there to see you say anything. No Festivus episode this year. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. The The regular show will be back February 1st. You have until January 1st to subscribe at the extremely discounted Patreon price. And who knows what will pop up between now and then. But I don't think you've heard the last of us. You've heard the last of us officially. I don't think you've heard the last of us, though, for 2022. And talk to everybody in 2023. I'm out of here for tonight. Thank you, everyone. Good night. See you next year.